Hello everyone, happy Earth Month and happy Earth Day. Today we're chatting with Moonstar, who is a community organizer, activist, fashion model, and teacher who works with the youth to help them organize environmental projects. She is such an inspiration, and I'm glad to talk to her about our experience during Unity's Mid-Year Conference. We also talk about how to deal with climate anxiety, her grandfather's eagle feather, and what we can do to help heal our planet, and much more. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and share this podcast with a friend, as this is how we spread our environmental message of healing the planet. Thank you. Aguje. All right, Moonstar, I'm so happy that you're here on the podcast. Uh, you are a fashion model, activist, teacher, mentor, motivational speaker, wellness advocate, community organizer, uh, so many other things. But uh, how do you define yourself? Oh, who am I? Wow. That's, that's the question, right? Well, I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. That's who I am. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I am so excited to be talking to you. We just came back from Unity Conference. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember you were on stage and uh, you were doing that, just getting the the crowd you know, really pump up uh, for the day. And um, it's, it's such a magical thing, unity. And can you share a little about, uh, you know, the time that we had in uh, Phoenix? Yes, yes. So Frank and I attended the 2022 Unity Mid-Year Conference and Mid-Year was hosted in Phoenix, Arizona. We surpassed our expectations of a turnout. We had over 400 Native youth come from over 50 tribes. Um, we were hosted in the Aboriginal homelands of the Autumn people. Shout out to the Akuma Autumn, Dona Autumn, the Salt River, Gila River peoples of Phoenix area. So it was nice to uh, connect after uh, two years of virtual conferences, which is not, as we know, doesn't have the same sort of impact as being in person. So we had three days, four days of really intense um, just workshop. The, um, the focus was on uh, the action planning curriculum, and we separated into four tracks, the cultural, social justice, wellness, and our track, Frank, was uh, action planning for the environment. And so we shared this unity curriculum with all the youth to come up with an action plan and then take that action plan into their communities to implement it. We also had a beautiful round dance, which was nice to celebrate life with everyone. Uh, a favorite highlight of many youth was the speed workshops. And there was I think we had over 40 speed workshops this conference and, you know, they're just 25 minute info sessions. A lot of them are youth led. So that, that was um, a highlight as well. Um, I remember the Phoenix Suns charity organization donated over, was it $15,000 to the unity organization? That was a really nice surprise and just some phenomenal guest speakers. From DeFerro, Res Dogs to Quana Rose, um, supermodel extraordinaire, just delivering some very heartfelt, powerful messages about 
you know, being yourself and pursuing your dreams. And then the um, Healing Indigenous Lives Initiative, they were doing their work, all the peer leaders, shout out to the peer, peer guides, the executive committee and the earth ambassadors just for doing an incredible job at emceeing and leading the conference and making sure we um, just did everything in a good way. And shout out to the staff. They're a small and mighty, but small, but mighty crew that um, just really organized everything so beautifully. And I'm thankful we had that really nice experience. And for you and I, Frank, to, you know, sit down and have conversations outside of like the professional aspect and just to get to know each other. So that was really nice as well. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, I know for sure that it really lifted my spirits being there and just being around uh, youth that are really involved in their community and seeing just that energy, like you said, this being in in in, in person. It, there's no comparison about you know doing uh, online. As much as online is cool to be able to reach uh, people that are not able to to come in person, but while you're there, like you really see almost like the electricity in the air and the gleam on people's eyes, and it's just a phenomenal uh, experience that I had. I know that many other people had, and one of the highlights for me was the workshop that you did for the environment. And uh, I just remember seeing you uh, speaking and just looking to my side, like the youth really engaged with what you were teaching about protecting Mother Earth. And uh, like I said, that was for me was the highlight, uh, just participating in the workshop you did. A phenomenal job. Uh, can you tell us a little more about like uh, the planning and what the message was of that workshop? Yes. So the goal was to teach this 10-step um, action planning curriculum that was developed through the United National Indian Tribal Youth Organization. And so we led uh, youth and participants through this curriculum. And so one of the components of the curriculum is identifying the issues. And this is the part, Frank, where you can recall that I became very emotional because it was just I think hearing the amount of devastation that continues to happen within our indigenous communities, it's not only is it frustrating, it, it's just heartbreaking. And I remember when we were, because so we had a, a classroom size group, maybe about over 40 participants in the room. And then we broke everybody into small groups according to their interests um, according to the environment. And so some of the issues that came up for within these small groups were, um, you know, land preservation, the desecration of sacred sites, maybe national parks, state parks, not recognizing and acknowledging ancestral borders, uh, beach pollution, water pollution, land, lakes, and river pollution, uh, not enough recycling facilities, availability, animal abuse, and just hearing all of this, I became very emotional within the session. And I, I had a little, a little mini breakdown as a teacher. And I felt in, in the moment, I felt embarrassed for like crying and, and breaking down in front of everybody because I was so overcome with emotion. 
and also taken aback by how much our youth really care about these issues and they do want to do something about it. And I just appreciated everyone within that setting, allowing me some time to compose myself and just giving me that space uh, to cry. And I, I, I tied it back to mental health because I'm also very passionate about um, advocating for mental health and just saying that, you know, sometimes we get triggered in, in society, in the world, and sometimes we just need to have a timeout and it's okay to do that. And so I was very thankful for everybody allowing me that time and space to do that within this setting where I'm supposed to be teaching this curriculum that they can implement in their communities. And everyone did walk away with um, the Unity uh, curriculum, which was, you know, complementary of registration. And I believe it can also be found on the unityinc.org website. So it was uh, two and a half days of leading youth through this curriculum. And it was really intense at times, you know, we had to, we had to put our thinking caps on and, and, and also not only think about the issues, but what are some possible realistic solutions to these issues. And it was nice to see some of the plans, the awesome plans and ideas that came out of this 2.5 day uh, workshop. And then on the final day, um, we had the chosen small group within our tracks present to the larger group um, on stage. And I, I think our group did a phenomenal job of, you know, talking about their social media campaign. So, um, yeah, that was really, which included Gabby and Wyatt. Um, so, yes, just leading through this curriculum it was intense, but this sort of work is necessary. And the youth are just so ready and willing to do this work. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I remember, uh, you know, helping uh, facilitate some part of that. And later on, some of the youth coming to me is like, hey, I want to be an Earth Ambassador now. I, I'm inspired. I'm energized. And I think it really is about the the love that you put into that workshop. It really felt it. And uh, at the end of it, we uh, took a picture. And I love that picture because you see everybody's smiles. It's from ear to ear because everybody's so energized about that workshop. So thank you so much for for planning or organizing that. I really appreciate it. And uh, when you're talking earlier about, you know, feeling overwhelmed, that's something that I always remember. Uh, you know, I live here in Orlando and, and Post is less than half a mile from me. So after the attack, you know, I, I was broken down and crying. And I remember uh, a mentor of mine, you know, I was crying. He was trying to console me. And I say, I'm so sorry for, for crying. He say, you're a human being. You're feeling a human experience. You don't have to be sorry for it. Um, and, you know, doing environment work, you know, people always send me stuff. Hey, look at this. Look at this. And it's like I always like things that that are draining and bad. And I'm like, I don't want to see those things. Like I care about like the animals, but don't send me those pictures. Like I don't need to see it, you know, like send me like happy, happy things, you know. It can be it can be really intense, and for us, you know, like we we have a little bit more of a prospect, uh, I mean, perspective because of our our live stuff. But a lot of 
young people, they don't have perspective. And they're living through the climate crisis, right? So it, it is hard and, and it takes a toll on us to know that, you know, things could have been better and we still need to to act. So it, it can be it can be uh, pretty intense. But um, overall, like I said, I really enjoy seeing the youth just smiling and being happy and energizing. Like, you know what? I want to be involved. This is the, the project I have. And I, I just felt like we needed more resources to make all those projects a reality because every single youth has such amazing ideas. And this is ideas that they come up on their own, right? This is something that they're observing on their environment, things that they can improve. From like organizing community cleanups to planning on building a recycling center within their community. Uh, just so many amazing ideas. And I also want to thank you too for being the mentor and advisor that you are to the Unity Earth Ambassadors and to just see their growth throughout this whole process. And within our workshop, we were able to, you know, highlight the Earth Ambassadors and have them share um, what their goals and their passions were, also their projects, which include like a children's book and there's just so many awesome things to name. And I think I think the participants of the workshop got inspired just by listening to the Earth Ambassadors and their stories and experiences. So thank you for helping to um, organize that moment as well as, you know, to continue to be there for the Earth Ambassadors. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words. I mean, it's a pleasure and an honor. Uh, to help the uh, Earth Ambassadors. I feel like I learn more from them than they learn from me. But if they learn something, then it's good. But uh, they really inspired me to continue uh, environment uh, work. And I'm just going to put a, a, um, a pitch out there. If you ever want to donate money to our organization, definitely do it to Unity. Your money is going to go a long way. These this, uh, projects, these workshops really uh, change lives. And, um, you know, you're really involved with the community. Like, how, how did it start? Like, did you, did you just woke up one day and like, hey, I want to do community work? Like, how did that came about? Um, actually, it, I think it was like the universe opening a door for me, which all of my life experiences have been almost like mystical in that they sort of just appear and happen and present themselves. So when I was in the seventh grade, I worked as an intern for the Department of Education here in the Pueblo of Jemez, working under Kevin Shendo, who is the um, director of the Department of Education. And that summer, the Native American Youth Empowerment, which is the youth council for our tribe, just so happened to be going to unity. And they had an open spot for me to go. And I was not involved with NIA, which is the youth group at the time. And so Kevin invites me along as his intern. And I'm like, this coy, shy little <laughs> 15-year-old. Like, I didn't know, I didn't really know the other youth council members. And but I decided to go along anyway. This is in 2002. We go to Palm Springs, California. This is my first ever youth council slash unity experience. And when we get to unity, 
it was just like a mind boggling experience because this is, this was at the national conference. So at the national conference, as opposed to mid-year nationals draws thousands of native youth. Um, And so just seeing all of these native youth from different tribes, it blew my mind. And, and to know that there were also other Afro indigenous youth out there that even further expanded my, (laughs) blew my mind even more. Because I'm I'm also you know half black half native, so it was like nice to know that there's other Afro Indigenous youth out there, other Indigenous youth. Period. So I think that was when I first got exposed to like the power of of community service and being involved. And then after that, I became really involved with Nae, and um, we organized community cleanups. We organized our own little mini youth conferences here within our village. Um, we just hit the ground running and tried to do as as much as we could through our youth council and the resources that we had. And so ever since that summer, I've been involved with NIA Unity. And with Unity, I served on the executive committee from 2003 to 2009. And I was the first person from my tribe to ever run and do so, and which was really exciting also have served on the Unity Board of Trustees. And then I took a little break and then I came back to the organization as an advisor, mentor, chaperone. And then in 2016, the organization brought me on as one of their lead trainers, which I've been doing ever since. And you've been doing a phenomenal job. Um, I can really I attest. I yeah, feel I can- like I'm still learning. <laughs> Yeah, I can attest just the love that the youth has for you when they see you and they come and they hug you and they give you a high five. And they're just so inspired uh, by you and, and, and your words because you really bring uh, unique energy that is so welcoming and so much light to, to, to the youth. And they really see you as, as a moon star, like, like your name, you know. Oh, um, I appreciate that. Because for a while, I, I really dealt with like a lot of self-doubt and insecurity, um, being that maybe I wasn't as well-educated as XYZ or didn't have certain degrees or this or that, just feeling left, less than. But I'm, I'm growing into this um, space in my life where it's like, no, my lived experience is just as valuable as any sort of education out there. And what I have to offer is very unique. And I see that in like everybody. Like I feel like we all have something to contribute to this planet, to this world. And it's very unique, like kind of like snowflakes, you know, we're all unique in our designs and we all add to this beautiful uh, tapestry, if you will, of humanity. We all have got our special lights and colors within us that we add to this beautiful painting of humanity. <laughs> I know that spirituality is a big part of your life. And um, you have this uh, eagle feather that you carry along. And you have such a beautiful story about it. I was wondering if you want to share a little bit more about uh, that feather you have. Yes, this is... I carry my grandfather. His name was... Banshing, which means Dear Mesa in our language. And Banshing, he was an incredible person. In my eyes, he's 
he's up there with the Pope, the Chief Joseph, the Sitting Bull. My grandfather, he was a, a spiritual leader. He was a part of our um, Pecos Eagle Society. He held a very prominent position within the society. He was an eagle catcher himself. And he was a part of that uh, generation where he was totally self-sufficient. He grew his own food. He built his own homes. He could speak five languages. Um, he could take a walk in the wilderness and tell you what each plant was good for. If you had a stomach ache, take this plant, make a tea out of it. If you had a headache, you know, he could tell you all these different medicines just by looking at them. He was a very powerful man. And I'm very fortunate that um, I was able to spend some time with him before he passed on in 1988. And this feather is from one of the many eagles that he caught with his bare hands. And so I can't reveal all the details of what, how exactly he did it, but patience was, was a big part of how he would catch his eagles. And these eagles he would bring home and they would be a part of the community in like watching over our community and protecting our community. And every single part of the eagle, once it passed on, served a purpose a ceremonial purpose, a healing purpose, a guiding purpose. And I'm very grateful to, to have and to carry one of his feathers um, with me on all my travels. And um, Native American peoples of the United States are the only citizens within the United States who are allowed to carry eagle feathers with them legally. And so... I, I I really honor that and I carry it with me wherever I go. So I feel like my grandfather is always with me in all my travels from China, Spain, New Zealand to Mexico. My grandfather has been with me every step of the way. Yes, and, and it's such a beautiful feather too. Uh, right now we're talking on, over Zoom and I can see uh, the feather and it's, it's, it's very beautiful. And like you say, only Native American people are able to hold uh, eagle feathers. That's something that um, is very specific that we have to respect. Uh, as much as some of us, there are allies, we respect and we care about our communities. But if we're not indigenous, then we're not able to hold those feathers. So we just have to keep that in mind for people out there. So if you see an eagle feather, uh, respect it, uh, please. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. And I carry this feather with me to the different trainings and workshops that I've conducted. And I share these stories with with the, the participants. And I just feel like once I hold this feather and I pull it out, there's like this sense of like respect that comes over everybody um, because they know the significance of, you know, of, of ceremonial items such as an eagle feather. And there's like a very high regard and respect for such, for such items. Yeah, it definitely uh, draws um, the attention of the people. 
And um, you know, I'm I'm enjoying talking to you so much. Like we should have our own show, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, w- w- one thing is, you know, people that listen to this podcast, they do want to help the planet. You know, some people feel very uh, defeated. You know, they feel the climate anxiety. Uh, or they don't know even where to start. You know, what words of advice do you have for them? Being that I am a very spiritually guided person and I value prayer and gratitude, I think one of the most beautiful things that any person could ever do is express their truest gratitude for Mother Earth, like through prayer, through song, even just by sitting and admiring the beauty of Mother Earth. If you're in a city, take a moment to sit on a park bench and just just sit by one of the tree relatives and like feel feel a sense of gratitude that this earth, this tree relative has been growing in this space despite the many changes of climate, or if you have houseplants, talk to them. Because I feel like we've, we've as a humanity, we've become so disconnected in that we don't even recognize trees and rocks and sand and water as like living beings. And so I really value um those things as like living beings and I express gratitude towards it. And I think another thing that we all could do is express, not only express gratitude, but continue to, to pray and for, for the things that we want for the earth. And I think in, in sometimes we don't um, value the power of prayer but if you really think about what is prayer, if you think if you think about it, like what is it to pray? To pray is just to send out energy. All prayer is for me, it's like it's that pure energy that comes from your your heart, your soul, and you're emitting that frequency of goodness, and it's going to be received somewhere somehow. And that energy is going to come back to you. So I would say express your gratitude for Mother Earth and all of the elements. And also to pray, to give thanks. Those are one of the most powerful things that we can do. And of course, taking action. This is always important. But to me right now, especially in a time where we're where our village is just coming out of lockdown and I couldn't really be out there organizing projects or doing what I wish we could have done during the lockdown because of social distancing, because of all these, you know, parameters set by the CDC. It's like, I just retreated and I went within. And I think learning how to sit with myself and be with myself and give thanks and gratitude, it it has really um, made me into a stronger spiritual being, I think. And I'm just grateful. Even giving thanks for your food before you take a bite. Give thanks for the water that you, you consume. Giving thanks is 
um, it's so, so important for me in my daily walk. Yes, those are beautiful, beautiful words. And I know for a fact that scientists have proven that heavy uh, daily gratitude practice can improve your mood, can improve your uh, happiness. And like you said, it can be so simple, right? Thank you, the water. Thank you, hydration. Thank you, this water to, to come back to my body, to, to give me life source. And it's, yes, we, we, we need to do that. We need to be more uh, grateful uh, for everything that the planet uh, gives to us. And I know that I'm grateful for you. So thank you very much for being on the podcast. It's, it's been amazing uh, talking to you. And uh, look forward to having more projects with you and uh, talk to you soon too. Thank you, Frank. Peace and blessings to you and all the listeners out there all around the world. Thank you for taking the time. You could be listening to anything right now, but we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Te conozco.